You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Todd Johnson. How you doing, man? So, Todd, it's like we've only really seen each other, I guess, at the gym and just, you know, you look like a Brad Pitt individual. I appreciate it. You're being too kind. Good thing this is uh, not on uh, video. Yeah. Well, everyone's missing out. Trust me. So, when, like, what do you do professionally, man? Like, what gets you money throughout the day? Well, I work for the uh, Worcester County Board of Education. Um, I've been there about 10 years. It's a job that I absolutely love. It's very rewarding. Um, it's challenging. Get to work with a lot of really, um, a lot of people. Some of these people are extremely intelligent, educated people, and um, they're just a pleasure to talk to, work with, and um, it's a great job, man. I, I really love it. When you say you work for the, uh, the the county and everything, doing the education system, are you a teacher? Uh, that's right. I should have specified. No, I'm a I'm a maintenance guy. A lot of people mistake that for a teacher when I say that you know I work for the school system. But yeah, I uh, I would build things like this table, paint rooms cabinetry like all the stuff that goes behind the classroom countertops pulling out walls building walls building desks all kinds of stuff yeah do you yep. prefer doing stuff with building rather than teaching uh well i've never taught and i believe that i would i you know i haven't written that one off there was a there was a um there was a point in my in my time there where the uh, carpentry job was opening up at the tech school and i thought about it um, my wife was pushing me toward it, thinking I'd be really good at it, but um, didn't work out. Um, they had someone else do it, and I didn't even interview for it. I didn't even make it available, but I stayed where I was, and that's probably a, a sign from somewhere else that I should be where I am right now. And um, So, yeah, you know, I just take it a day at a time, and uh, whatever happens, happens. If I uh, get any other opportunities there, I will certainly uh, explore those. But when you're doing maintenance and stuff, you're not doing like janitory stuff. Are no, you? you're no. doing more like the working in the wings, kind of rebuilding the place up. Right. So the each school has its own custodial staff, um, and uh, what I do is I work in the maintenance crew uh, with about twelve other guys down at the central office, which is outside of it's between Snow Hill and Newark, down to right by the tech school in the landfill, and um, yeah, we all satellite out of there, and we have carpenters. Plumbers, electricians, grounds guy, HVAC guys. Um, yeah, we cover everything on top of, around, underneath, inside. Everything you can think of that could happen in a school, you know, we respond to it and see if we can't fix it up for them. Which schools do you know? Like, have you been to and fixed that I know? Like Steve Decatur High School. All of them. You've been to all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm all over the place. Yeah. So, like, there's proper maintenance to make sure that the kids like aren't getting like mold or something in the in like the yeah. rafters oh, and yeah. stuff like that yeah. going on yeah. in the background. I mean, you name it. You could sit here and we you, we could discuss this for hours. You name it. We we respond to it. We do it. Yeah. Has there been any super bad incidents at a school? You don't have to say the name of the school, but any like crazy ones where you're like, this could actually hurt some people. No, not really, and that's one of the great things about the school system. They're very, very proactive about things like that, and um, we're, you know, we've never had anything serious or detrimental to anyone, staff, st students, anyone, faculty. Yeah, we're, we're, it's a great school system, and we're very fortunate in that way because there's a lot of other school systems in this country that aren't as, as fortunate as we are. I didn't even think about the maintenance crew that goes behind the education system. I mean, yeah. you guys do a, you guys play a big, like, hidden part, basically, because you got to think there's how many storms that happen and, yep. like, the safest places inside the school yep. right there. Like, especially, at, I remember at vocational school, it's, this like, all glass windows and stuff, but 
it's so structured. Like we had this really bad storm one time where like they were telling us like they couldn't even let us get on the bus to go home yet because it was so bad. And they right. were like staying like stay inside right. the building, safer in here. Right. Like having something like that, being able to protect you just with walls and stuff around you, it's like, and then having like a comfortable classroom to get involved in too. Like comfortability in an education or in a teaching scenario is everything. If a student doesn't feel comfortable towards anything, if he doesn't have the proper tools like a desk to work on or, you know, certain things like just, just maintenance wise, if he's in a shitty, like kind of, you know, terrible classroom with the ceiling falling on him every five minutes, like he's going to be like, there's no point in even me showing up to school. Right. And, and sadly, where our, like, county kind of has the best, like, has a very, very good school system mm-hmm. when it comes to some things, especially when it comes with looks. But when it when you look at somewhere that it's, you know, poverty-stricken, and then they're dealing with, like, just graffiti all over the walls and stuff and it's like it's terrible because it displays a bad image for that school and also it doesn't give kids the anticipation to want to learn well we're also very fortunate that we have a um very well established school system in it we're not in an inner city and you touched on a few things in that um i want to get back to is that with when you refer to the storms um I mean, you think about what the school's built out of. What's it made out of? It's it's Bricks, concrete yeah. and middle and metal and cinder blocks, and um, it's a pretty substantial uh, structure. So, that being said, in the past, um, God, I don't know, seven years ago or seven eight years ago, we had some pretty gnarly hurricanes come through, and we had to make those schools available for people should they need to to mobilize there. Yeah, go into the basketball or the basketball court or the gymnasium yep. and everything and yep. just, you know, be able to be with your family in there. It's safer than being in a little less structured house. Yep. So we had to make that available and there was a lot of hands on deck for that one. Um, also the response to storms, we have a lot of cleanup from trees and stuff. You know, like I said, we have a grounds guy, but obviously one person can't do it all, so we get called in after a storm. You know, it hasn't happened much, but it, it, it does happen and um but safety overall, and I'm trying not to speak on behalf of the school system here, but just what I know is, but safety overall is our main, you know, our main focus. And and these kids need to be able to be safe and have an environment to come to every day that is safe and they can be productive in their studies. Um, you know, it, the unfortunate and saddest thing that I've heard um, since I've been there it was one of the superintendents was giving us a, he was, it was a lunch or something. He said, you know, it's the saddest thing in this county, though. There, there is some poverty in this county, and yeah. that the school is the nicest place that these kids will be able to go to. You know what I mean? That, that, that this is like the getting to the school is like is like a good thing for them because their home life might not be great, their home situation might not be great. So for us, and it, man, it kind of refocused me for a little bit, and I was like, wow, oh my god, I was kind of saddened by that, but I was also proud that I could be part of something like that and, and help kind of rebuild. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah, man. So, um, like I said, it's a rewarding job. There's lots of days, man, to be honest with you, where I, um, this is going to be sad because it sounds sad, but I look at the clocks approaching, you know, four o'clock when we get off and I'm like, damn, I got to go. Not that I got to go home, but I'm just having so much fun here at my job. You know, I enjoy what I do. um, So would you consider this like your passion that you want to keep on doing? Well, I've done this kind of work in other aspects and other places, but I've, to be in the in a place where um, I'm given every resource and time to do um, the things that I have to do, um, and to like I said, to work with some of the people that I will get to work with is it's you know it just makes it so much more enjoyable. 
I think what really depends on a school system besides looks and how a building is structured, all that type of stuff, is really how the people that are work there care for the building and tend right. to actually do that. I never had a chance with our school system down here, at least at the time I was going to school. I only had very few teachers accept me and kind of take me in because I had really bad ADHD. Right. And it was really hard for me to sit still. I was just a big pain in the ass. Right. But when, like, when I had these teachers and these people that actually took time and invested in me, I only know four of them. And, you know, to know that and then, like, they see me now, like, I graduated from college and they're like, I always knew you'd go on to great things. Right. I'm like, Were you, are you just saying that or did you actually right. see that in me? Like, because I didn't see it in myself, so I don't know how you could have saw it. Right. But it's when, when a teacher is able to, like, do that and be able to leave such an impactful, like, experience on a kid – I mean, that's got to be something like you having your own kids. Like, that's got to be something to see too. Like, you got to want to care about where your kids go to school at. You got to be knowing, like, hey, like, are my kids in a good school system? Are they getting the education they need? A lot of us take it for granted when we're in the school, and then once we get out and we decide to go to college, and then we start paying for it, we actually, you know, start paying fucking attention. You know, right, like, right, absolutely. <laughs> and there's a certain. I mean, we have a phenomenal teaching staff in this county. I mean, we have some wonderful, wonderful educators, and um. But there are those ones, like you said, that have that extra, like you can't teach it. They can see something in a, in a, in a child going from whatever, kindergarten all the way through, but they, they can take that extra love and dedication. You know, it's not going to be reflected in their paycheck. They're not going to make overtime on it, but they can take that extra effort and put it into a kid. And especially it, like now that I'm older and they yeah. add you on Facebook and stuff and you yeah. message them like you're friends with them now. And it's yeah. Like, it's crazy to see. Yeah. And you know what? I'm a little older than you. I'm probably the oldest person you've had on your podcast. But uh, how old are you? I'll be 45 next week. Not the oldest person I've had. No. Before. Okay. All right. Cool. Second oldest. But uh, uh, school was a lot different when I went there. And when I got this job, um, I remember walking into the school and the funny thing that the guy was walking me around, showing me all the buildings and how, you know, procedures. And I remember walking into the schools here and they smelled the exact same as when I grew up. You could smell the school lunch coming through the hallways and you could smell that that nostalgia. Oh my God. It was like, good Lord, man. But, um, schools are a lot different now. Um, the teachers are all a lot different. The way they teach is all a lot different. And, um, which I don't get a whole heck of a lot involved in all that because that's, you know, I got to focus on my thing, but, um, Going back to what you said about having my own kids in there, um, my son wasn't even born. He was born about five months after I started my job. So I got to see him progress from birth all the way up. He's going into fifth grade now. And, um, you know, it's a, it makes a huge sense of pride for me to be able to – and my nephews go there, my nephews and friends and family and everything. I uh, watched my my stepson. He went through his last couple of years of high school. But to, to be actually have my hands on this part of their life, which is so key in their in, – in, it, it's a great sense of pride and um you know it's it's um i'm fortunate i, I go I, I can slide in and see my kid and his teacher and say hey how's everything going and i'm very fortunate that i can just do that and, you right. know and You're, that's fortunate for you not for your son well he's cool he's he's a good dude so he, <laughs> he's, i got no worries there so far man he's uh i would say he's like a cat man he's just kind of there in the room with you man he's just so mellow so uh yeah he's good dude so it's like the one thing I really have to highlight, like when you're looking at um, the education system, I really like what like our our county's doing a lot more now. Um, the new ways of dealing with kids that are supposed to be medicated, you know, in a way, right, right. where everyone like when I went to school, the teachers were just like, just put him on medication. Like he's got really bad ADHD. I used right. to, like I have this like I once got I'm not gonna name the school, but before I left this school. Like literally, because I was crying to my mom, like, I don't want to go. Like, I'm not going. I'm like, it's, it's not happening. I've been there, man. And it's because this teacher would just kick me out every time I walked in the class. Like, oh, God, 
I can't deal with you today. Just get out. Yeah. Uh, she looked like a lemon head. She had like that weird, I guess, 80s hairstyle. Just a big perm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, she just used to put me in this classroom that ended up becoming a bathroom. But it was just a white room, desk, pencil, piece of paper. And they had a window, a little square thing yeah. that you could look through. Right. That was it. Yeah. And I was like, are, am I being treated like I'm mentally challenged right. and they're putting me in this special room away from everybody so I don't hurt anybody? I was like, no, I, I just can't sit still. I can't stop tapping my right. feet. And they figured since it was a silent room, it would just, that doesn't help me learn. That doesn't help me get anything. Right. And then I moved over to a whole other school system. And my favorite teacher, Miss Williams, or at the time she was Miss Williams, she's now Chrissy Ulrich. She came over on my podcast and she was telling me all this stuff about how like she used to put eraser caps on my pencils so I could drum on the desk. Right. You know, if she would kick a ball, you know, at, all the way across the field and have me go run after it and bring it back. So you're saying she was playing fetch with you? Basically, yeah, like a dog, <laughs> like a little retriever. All right, good. But she was like, it was burning off energy. And then when I got into class, I'm able to learn. And so where I grew up in the school system where it was like, he needs to be medicated. People, teachers were coming to my parents saying, he needs to be medicated. He needs to be on all these type of medication to keep him still. Yeah. It's going to help him learn. It's going to help his life. If that would have happened to me, I might not be the person I turned out today. Right. I might not have, you know, become the creative person or it might have affected me in some way, which I'm, I'm very strongly against giving medication to children. And our school system now deals with focusing on the nutrition aspect of it. Now, don't get me wrong. Those peanut butter and jelly uncrustables that they have at the lunchroom are dope. That and the... It's before my time. The cheese sticks, <laughs> dude. The garlic sticks or whatever those yeah. things are. Those are dope, man. Yeah. But like those lunches, like I, I remember there were kids in my school and I, I mean a few times myself too. My parents worked two jobs, okay? Right. So each one of them, they only home a couple hours a night. You know, sometimes they forgot or, it, you know, money wasn't left on the table for lunch because they were just so busy. They just right. barely got any sleep after, oh, yeah. you know, DJing all night and stuff. You know, you go to school and then you start getting free lunches. That is so important because when a school system can do that and give a kid a meal, I mean, how hard is it to give a kid a vegetable, uh, some, some basic meal, just so he doesn't go through like having stomach pains and it's just like dealing with that all day because you think he's going to learn if you know he doesn't have any energy and his stomach's hurting like that, you know, he's not gonna yeah. learn at all. And the fact that, like, they focus on the nutrition aspect instead of worrying about hey, he's got ADHD, he needs to take this pill. No, let's cut a little bit of sugar out of his diet instead of letting him have the chocolate milk, let's give him the regular milk. Next thing you know, kids are starting to act better, they're starting to see they don't need medication, and now kids are starting to be more reliant and more trusting into the education system. That is so big for me, dude, because seeing that after I've already left, I'm like, I know that, you know, some kids aren't experiencing what I experienced, where I literally just didn't give a shit about school anymore. And it's hard because I, I see all these Teacher of the Year awards and see all these people getting gifted this stuff. I'm like, where were they? Where was that when I, why did I only have a few people that took the time for that? Right. It's a way different school system now. Like I said, I mean, when I went to school, it was, we had a couple goofy kids in our school. Nobody was on medication. Nobody was allergic to peanuts. Yeah. You know, nobody had anxiety. And it was his twin brothers. And I remember their name. I grew up, grew up across the bridge. So I had a, you know, comparable school system. It was a little bit bigger, but it was kind of the same deal. And um, they were twin brothers. They would eat their own hair and they had to have ice cream at lunch. And they had like little, what? it was the weirdest thing. And they had little carpet samples that they put their feet on underneath their desk. And that was it. So now, like, you know, years later, I'm in, you know, I'm working in the school system and I see the, the variety of things that we, um, 
you know, we adjust to and we make available for these kids that might have, you know, needs. And, um, you know, everything from, you know, they just started a new program where they have even younger kids in pre-K in, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not real familiar with it, but I know that they called us in last summer to make adjustments for these kids and to make a classroom available for these kids to the kids that, you know, there's like special, regular special ed kids. Like I was, I was a knucklehead. I was a horrible student. We can talk about that later. I got through high school by the skin of my teeth. Um, yeah. Tell me about it. Dude. dude. I mean, you know, so it's just funny. I'm sitting here working for the school system, something I hated so much. Yes, and I was like, you, I ain't going, I ain't going to school. Yeah. Forget it. And, um, but anyways, and then we have the Cedar Chapel school, which is for really, really, really special need kids. And, um, Having a place like that, it, a lot of people see that like that's terrible because that gives them so seclusion or something. Like no, it yeah. makes them comfortable. Yeah, they need so that. they don't have to get yeah. laughed at by other yeah. people. Because sadly, some kids are cruel. Society, I kids mean, are mean, man. Yeah, <laughs> kids dude. are downright thugs. I, you know, it sucks, but you know, people suck. It it, it does yeah. come to that. But I think we have all have an aspiration. And we all have an ability to be great. We right. all have an ability yeah. not to suck. Right. We just choose that because it's easier to suck than you know try and go out of your way to help somebody. Well, it's just easier to hate and not like and and find differences and then getting to know you. That's just the default setting. I'll go. It's right easier to go, you know. But to get to know something and understand somebody is way more difficult. And God bless those teachers down there, man. Yeah. I, you know, God bless them. The one so. difficult thing um, I think that it needs to be focused on in school systems, and I don't think it's ever going to be eliminated just with how society is, the, the race the race thing. Yeah. I, I like that there's all these different cultures in there, but if you notice, there's the black kids all hanging together, the white right. kids hanging together. I, I don't know if that was like that for you in your school system. But. Um, It was, but I didn't have my uh, school system. I grew up in Howard County, and my school system was a little more, uh, we are between two major cities. Now, down here, it's a little different. We're on the shore, and we're kind of far away from, you know, it's more of a, um, is it urban? I'm terrible. Um, Urban's colored. No, no, urban, like cities are like urban, suburban. It's like a... We had suburbs. We were like the suburbs like a rural of Baltimore. Area? Rural, yeah. yeah. We were like the suburbs of Baltimore, Washington. So we had more of an integration of that. Down here, it seems a little different. But I mean, you knew you knew in high school or in high, yeah, in high school who the kids were by the way they dressed and the music they listened to. Yeah, like that was it. There's the punks, and these, the goths, yeah, the you know, and the jocks fought with the punks sometimes, and the skinheads just kind of saw over the whole thing. It was just, it was just crazy, man. It was, it's. You look back on it, it was like, it was like, it was like. Uh, yeah, it was just different. It's like a TV show, dude. Yeah, honest to God. It was like every damn, what was it, 16 Candles, the guy that did 16 Candles and all those movies. It was like all those movies. It was just like you had the yeah. jocks and the punks and the punks and the jocks fought and they all hung out at the same place on Friday night. Ended up fighting. Yeah, so. I mean, like, when it, it just is with how like amazing school is, when first of all, you're getting so many different cultures. I'm, like my cousin, he goes to, he's homeschooled. He does not, understand what it's like to be around other cultures and other things right. he has his mom and kind of invested him in the church since he was little he's been very productive in that right now he's my age and he does stuff with the church and goes to that and that's how he met like the latino people that go there but that's like he missed out the whole aspect of public school which i think the most benefit from it was getting all these different cultures in one place you know i have friends that go from black from you know hispanic from asian to all over right. it doesn't matter right. and it's the idea like we're not born racist. 
This society turns as racist. Right. TV turns as racist. Yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah. I don't watch the racist. news any of that nonsense because the whole the state of the country now with all that stuff. That's another subject, but it's all it's it's it, it's, it's just it's, it's ridiculous, terrible. man. Yeah. And like you're focusing on the education system. These kids are supposed to be there to learn in school, and I understand that. Like I I don't believe in that too. Like I go to school sometimes too. I'm like, look, I'm on my phone more times than anything, but at the same time, like. It's college, you know? I shouldn't... I remember in high school having such anxiety walking down the hallways because, like, what's this going to happen? Is this going right. to happen? I remember not wanting to go to school. And, like, when I once I got to college, I'm like, this is weird. I don't have to raise my hand to go to the bathroom anymore. I can just... I got yeah. car, car, just, you know, get up and leave if I want to. It's yeah, like, yeah. You don't feel restricted. I think more teachers should give kids or more school systems should give kids the option. If you want to take your time and invest to learn, then you can come to this school. But if you're just going to sit around and disrupt other students, then don't come. Right. Just stay home. And if you give that kid that option, like you're telling me not to go to school, after a week they'll want to go to school again because they realize they're not seeing their friends. You know, once I graduated high school, all the people that I thought were friends I was going to see every single day, I'd never see again. No, no, that's, yeah. Until you hit my age, you're like, man, that was ancient history. And then you're looking back and like half the people, like some of the people I graduated with are already dead. Yeah. And I'm like, it's crazy to think from drugs mm-hmm. and now it's hitting schools younger and younger. Yeah. That's a whole nother hour long episode. I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous, yeah, man. That's and crazy. We talk about so many good things about school systems. There are some bad stuff about school systems. What do you, can you think of as probably the worst thing about the school system? I mean, just stuff that slips through the cracks that ends up getting fixed. I can tell you there was a big thing that happened, I don't know if it was like a year or two ago, at Stephen Decatur with the teacher that was messaging the young girl. Uh, vaguely, yeah. I, you know what? Stuff like that, man. Like, there also has to be like a proper scanning of the profiles when you're doing dealing with teachers and these backgrounds of education. you got to be looking at them a little bit more closely, too. Well, we do go through, we, everyone that works with around children, especially in the school system, we do go through a pretty extensive background check. So, yeah, I mean, but that just there's just so, much, so many ways to contact people and send information back and forth these days. Social media being a giant problem in the right, education system. Right, right. I mean, everyone's got a phone and they're on it 24-7 and you can send messages to whoever you want in the, on the planet at will and it's a dozen different ways it makes it harder for teachers to teach the kids too yeah and i'm a ma- seven-year-olds playing freaking angry birds on yeah. their phone i'm shocked at how many phones i see going around the schools but like i said i'm just a humble maintenance dude and i know i you know i don't know i can't speak on all that kind of stuff but i will tell you that um how man you referring to your your experience as a um student i ended up I went in the four years I went to high school, I went to three different high schools and I ended up graduating from one where I was one of 12 in the senior class. There was what? 12 of us. Yeah. And they ended up shipping me off to a private school because I was such, I wouldn't go to school as a horrible student. You know, I was just, you know, wasn't showing up, wasn't doing my schoolwork. So I went to a private school where you couldn't get away with anything. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of the guys I graduated with got shot. I mean, we were right on the edge what? of DC. Yeah. He got yeah. shot and killed. Yeah. Like while you were in school? No, no, it was a couple of years after we graduated, but we were like right on the edge. I could have thrown a stone into D.C. We were in Silver Spring, and I could have thrown a stone into D.C. That's how close it was. And some of the guys I went to high school with were, were some pretty hardcore dudes um, that came out from the city to go to this high school. So, yeah, man, it happens. And, um, you know, I'm blessed that I did go to that school because I got through, and I ended up going to college. I failed out of college. <laughs> and, what were um, we going for? Um, 
I just was going because I knew I was supposed to go. That's where I kind of you know what I mean. Yeah, my parents are both well educated and successful career people. Mine was like a safeguard to hide under, be like, yeah, well, I'm going to college, so once I get done, I'll figure out what I want to do with my life. Well, no, it was like you graduate high school and then you go to college and then you get married and you have a family and you retire. I mean, it was like it was like their plan mapped out on the me. Which I get it, and I and I'm grateful that I had parents that were you know. Um, supportive enough to be like, hey, we're going to give you all the support and, and push you along and, and steer you in the, in the right way. But at the same time, I was nowhere near ready for college. I ended up going to college for a year uh, before he asked me, thank you, know, thank you for not coming back <laughs> in New Hampshire. I went and I, I played hockey, uh, played on the team for a little bit, and then I got hurt. How did you get hurt playing hockey? I f- well, I didn't get hurt playing hockey. I got hurt with the extracurricular college activities. Oh, come on, man. I was, uh, I was in, a, in a way one night, and I, someone else was driving. I was the only one up there with a car, and I had this old Jeep at the time, and my buddy was driving it, and I was getting ready to uh, – I was trash, man. I'm not going to lie. And we were at a gas station getting gas, and if anyone has a Jeep knows that there's a little – when you take the doors off, there's a little strap that hooks onto a hook that's right on the, the yeah. inside the door. And I was climbing out. I got my shoelace caught on that hook and went ass over tea kettle onto the ground, tweaked my back. I was a mess. And, uh, yeah, so my sports career, hockey, lacrosse were done. So I'm in the middle of snowy, freaking freezing New Hampshire and, uh, found too much joy in partying. And, and I didn't go to, I didn't go to class at all. And then they said, yeah, don't come back. <laughs> so came back here, tried to figure it out, you know, and, um, how'd you meet, um, your wife, my wife. Okay. Um, I have known my wife, my wonderful, amazing wife. I have known her for 12 years now. Um, we had mutual friends and, um, next thing you know, we just start talking. You know, we just start talking. Cause I mean, I see you both at the gym and like, I, I don't, I don't even know her name. I found out yeah. your name the other day. Like yeah. I just decided. Well, like, I've seen you a thousand times. We only talked like four times. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's like, we just walk by. So, you know. Yeah. You know, when I go to the gym and I'm like locked in, it's just my like therapy at the end of the day. That's what the, it is, yeah, yeah. I just put my earplugs in and, and I'm listening to music and I'm, you know, sweating it out a little bit. It's crazy because you're, it. you're so nice with it. Cause like, you, like a lot of people are like, I'm, yeah, I'm working on this. You're like, yeah, no problem. You just walk away and then yeah, man. Go back to it. I'm like, I, that's, that's I'm not going to be that gym guy it's like you know but there are some days where i feel like i should be like that but i'm like i go every single day and like they see me there and i'm so many people go i have never talked to you before but i see you all the time i'm like yeah what's up my name's robbie they're like wow i didn't think you were like that yeah what do you mean they're like you look um like every other kid around here like you know kind of like a punk i was like i'm just here working out probably doing the same thing what you're doing just trying to talk to anybody and try not to look myself so much in the mirror in front of everybody oh my god you got the mirrors all over the place. Yeah. It's a little ridiculous. Isn't it funny, though, how people's perception automatically like goes into that Rolodex in your head and finds that page and goes, this guy is this guy. Yeah. It's just funny how your mind automatically it's, does it's that. It's all the types. Yeah. You see someone, like the other day, I've been going for almost seven years every single day. No rest? No no rest days. I don't have a rest day. It doesn't happen. Man. I, I, I have a little bit of, I guess they would say, body dysmorphia. Yeah. Um, when I look in the mirror, I see something that's like bigger than it's actually not. So that's uh-huh. what makes me push real hard and always yeah. to work out. I got picked on really bad through school. Yeah, me too. So with the yeah. bullying thing, oh, just, yeah. it got real bad. Oh, yeah. And then, but it, it fueled me to go towards that and keep on working out. But out of seven years of going every single day, I saw the first thing I've never seen in my entire life. And it was a guy, older man, walking in, tank top, snap back on, orange skin, looked like he's from Jersey. 
And I mean, just doing those, what is the thing where you have the strap around your leg and it's hooked to the, uh, yeah, the cable kind of, machine? Yeah, yeah. And he's like doing it, pulling it back behind his leg and then making these giant grunts. I'm just sitting there like, seven years, every single day. Damnest thing. And that's a small Never gym. Can you imagine going to a gym like in a city or like a big ass gym where you get all kinds? That's probably all over the place on the coast. Yeah, like, I mean, any other gym, they'd be like, oh, it's that guy. You're on a Gold's <laughs> Gym tank top, like the definition of the Thug Life starter pack that you see on Instagram. Like yeah, you know, I you know, I go in, I just sit there to have a good time, man. And, you know, everybody... you're working for yourself. You're right. not working for yeah. anybody else. Like yeah. you're there to improve your yeah. self image. If you yeah. really care, like, I've seen girls show up with makeup on and just I've, so much that you're like, how do you, is that even comfortable? Yeah. Like, I know when you're sweating, that's not staying right. I, like, today, um, when I went, I was, like, talking to one of the kids. He was working out, and someone's, like, a couple kids were just sitting on, like, the thing. I guess the Smith machine. And they were just laughing, like, kind of, like, looking like they were, like, taking pictures of themselves. And then they were, like, taking pictures of the kid that was away working out. Yeah. And I was, like, looking over. Yeah. And, like, you could tell the kid was kind of going through something. Like, he could tell it was happening. I just walked over to him. I was, like, dude, don't give a shit about what they think, man. Seriously. There's no need for that. Once you start kind of, like, that's what fuels people to give up. That's what I don't like. I don't mind if you go and, you know, you work out. I don't care about that. I don't care. But take the time to stick with it. You don't have to do it every single day. You don't have to do it at all. I'm just a big advocate of it. It improves your life. It's meant to be a fun thing, a stress relief, a type of way to get physically better. But so many people like I have, and I've been at fault for it, taking it as a thing like it's something I need to do. I have to do. If I don't do it, I'm not going to survive anymore. Like that whole thing, like thinking that one day of missing out is going to mess up my whole progress. So that's why I've never missed a day. Right. And it's just like, I, I'm trying to be better than I was before. But then becoming with podcasting, like, you're telling me the story of, like, Todd. This is the book of Todd. Like, we're listening to it and we're, we're hearing it. Right. And I, it, that, that story is going to keep on expanding and keep going out and going after different things. I didn't know what my passion was. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I really just, I, I had no me. I thought it was just go to school, go to work work out, do the same thing. I did that for years. Suddenly I was just like listening to a podcast, Joe Rogan. And I'm like, holy shit, why am I not doing this? And the next thing I know, I started one. I don't care if it ends here. I don't care if it goes as far as it goes and it gets super popular. I just want someone to be able to listen to the stories of these amazing people like yourself that I've met. First, when you said you were in the education system, for people that are just listening, you have tattoos all, like a whole <laughs> sleeves up and down your arms. So yeah. I'm sitting here looking like, does this guy wear long sleeves? I do, though, but I do. I do wear long you sleeves. You your maintenance? I wear, I wear, actually, it's funny because I have a long sleeve shirt underneath and a long sleeve shirt on the top, and there's two reasons for that. Second of all, you never know how people are going to react to tattoos, and uh, first of all, you don't know how they're going to react. Second of all, it's for protection. Like I'm in some tight spaces, I'm with some sharp, jagged shit, and I don't want to be cutting myself all. You don't up. want to ruin your art. Yeah, you know. So, and I try not to be that guy at work, even though it's like you can still see him. But they don't. I mean, I, people that judge someone by their tattoos, like someone that you know, you get the tear drop right here. It means yeah. you killed somebody or something. I guess. I'm like. It doesn't mean shit anymore because everybody's tattooed. Exactly. So like, I'm like so bored of it. I'm like, oh, Post God. Malone's face tattoo? Yeah, he looks like a, like a scratch pad or whatever. Or, or always yeah. tired is what it says. And then someone, wrote, someone uh, uh, who's that famous comedian, but he commented, he was like, then go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you touched on a lot of things there, man. Like, I was always an athlete growing up. I was always playing sports and... um. I started going to a gym when I was done playing sports, when I was done being at an ice rink three, four nights a week, you know. I had to go somewhere to get off that, that burn off that energy. Um, 
and then I rejoined the gym again, um, probably 10, 12 years ago, this gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it just because I was putting on music and I was going and just sweating it out. It was therapeutic. It's also, um, it teaches me discipline. You know, when I feel like, um, oh man, I, just, I can't do it. I can't Especially do it. Especially like I just you don't go. want to get out of yeah. bed, dude. And yeah. next, you know, you're like, no, you got to go. Yeah. And, then you and it, gives go. Me, it gives me that energy. Um, plus, I don't want to go home and at 4.30 and go, all right, what now? You know? Yeah. Um, but it also branched into something else. You mentioned my wife, who is um, pretty much a little bit, if not a little bit more hyper than I am when it comes to physical activity. Like she's done triathlons and all that shit. I don't know what she's done, but she's done all that stuff. She says, um, what do you think about getting certified to teach spin classes? I'm like, um, I've thought about it. I don't know, man. You know, next you don't seem like that type of guy. Yeah. So we've been doing it for like a year now. No way. That's awesome. dude. Yeah. And, um, you know, I teach uh, a class or two a week. She teaches like, she teaches very early in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, which is brutal to get up and get on a spin bike, but it's actually great. I'd rather do it in the morning. Back when I didn't have a job during like two winters ago, I was going two to three times a day. Dude, I was literally going at three o'clock in the morning, then coming back at like around like, I guess six o'clock in the morning, eating, going, doing some stuff. I was rarely sleeping. Yeah, when you're 19, you can do yeah, that, though. <laughs> it was nuts, man. And I, I just remember, I was like, damn, this is what I did all winter. And I mean, I got down to like 2% body fat. Like, yeah. Chuck was like, here's a competition for a bodybuilding flyer. I think you should do it. I'm like, yeah. I just do it. You know, I don't even like taking my shirt off to get in the shower, dude. I don't like doing it. I don't, when I, I turn, the sad thing about it is I turn the heat all the way up, get the fog going and everything, and then I take my clothes right. off and get in the shower. Yeah, here's the dude at the gym with the hood up and all this stuff. I'm like, what's with this guy? Is he trying to lose weight? Everyone's like, why is he wearing a jacket all the time? Also yeah. known as the jacket guy. I I'm used like, to. Dude, I can't do it anymore. I used to full this, sweats. This yeah. 90 degree weather, yeah, no, bro. you can't do it now. Especially the gym, because he like, doesn't even have AC right now. I'm yeah, like, it's oh got like regular sized AC. It doesn't have gym sized AC. Remember me and you sitting there with, trying to, with a giant stick trying to hit the fan. Oh, yeah. I was trying, yeah. I, I keep, I got to remember to put my ladder in the truck and fix that tomorrow. It just needs to be bolted. So no, it needs to be, it need, the things need to be tightened up on the side. Right now, it's just keeping the ceiling tile cool. Yeah. Let's get stuff in there. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we started teaching spin classes, and I don't know, man. It's just like, um, it's fun. It's fun, man. You find that's like a good way to kind of do something with your wife, too. Yeah, um, we also, we, she scheduled a morning class, and we've been, we were swapping off there for a while. Now it's on hiatus for summer. But, um, yeah, it's something we can, we can do together. We used to do a lot of stuff together. We're not as physical and, and, and uh, active as we used to be, but it's something, you know, it's something that we do together. But, yeah, she's a... Uh, She's a beast, man. She'll get like a workout program on her phone and go in and do it. And it's like, just stay out of the way because you're going to get run over. Like It's, it's hard to keep focused with stuff like yeah. that. Like, I, I'm glad I was able to, you know, keep my mind focused. I think the cool part about like having ADHD is like, even though I'm like literally never tired, like I'll be tired one minute, have full energy the next. Right. But the fact like, I mean, just being able, like, when you're in a gym and you're in this, like, free scenario, if you're working, trying to progress towards something, like, you have a goal, like, you have ADHD, you're going to attempt it and you're going to make that anytime. Like, anytime I feel like not going to the gym, I kick my ass to go. I remember it snowed really bad. I got in my Kia, 3 o'clock in the morning, and drove my ass in there on all the emergency trucks. That was you? Trucks, <laughs> like, all the emergency trucks were like, what the fuck is he doing on the yeah, road? I'm yeah. like, nope. I, was shovel- I shoveled myself out of WOC, shoveled myself into right. WOC. Right. I did so much stuff that it's like any smart person would just be like, stay home. I go on Christmas, all that stuff. I just like, when you're committed to something, there's no point in stopping. Now it's become such a routine and structure in my life. Like, 
it's like checking my phone in the morning. Right. Like it's 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 just a part of me now, and I, I don't mind it. There's good times about it, especially having really really like nice people like you that go there. And first of all, me just coming up to you, and be like, I don't know your name, man. My name's Robbie, and just introducing myself. Then you happen to know my parents, and yeah. then be like, Would you want to do my podcast? And you being so accepting of it, like it doesn't take long to have a conversation, and you're just explaining to people, like especially when you display such a good. I guess attitude and personality at the gym. You're creating a very, very good environment, yeah. which I can already tell. Like you're probably an amazing dad too, and just like dealing with the education system and then seeing your son being put into that, and you know your family being going through that too. It's like that's a big thing, especially because you kind of started off like me, where school never really gave you oh, a yeah. shot, man. My, ch- I was the most miserable child you ever met in your life. I just hated being a kid. I love being an adult. You know, I absolutely hated being a, ch- a kid. But you know, I mean. I put on my pants one leg at a time every day, just like everyone else. And him and mine did not talk to anybody or judge somebody, you know. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. Because I, I reflect on my childhood, how I felt when I was just rejected 24-7. You know what I mean? And um, you learn from stuff like that, you know. And, um, and I'm not there to win any bodybuilding contests or anything. I'm, I'm just there to take care of my body and exert myself a little bit. And, um, you know, just stay fit, man. I, do, I, I try to take care of my body. I try to eat right. I try to stay active, you know. I'm... If you see me on the couch, it's because I'm absolutely dead tired, and I've learned to listen to my body, especially being a little bit older now. If I, if if my body's saying, "Dude, no go," I, I it takes me a while, and I'm fighting it, but I'm like, "All right, you can't do this today." Next, you know, you got an injury, and you can't work out. Yeah, you know, and I've been pretty resilient. You know, um, I'm one of these guys. I show up sick. I show up injured. I mean, I had a pretty pretty brutal motorcycle accident uh, 11 years ago, and um, I, you know, my How leg. That happened? I got run up. Well, I got. But you said you just got run over. I was like, whoa. Well, see my leg's a little funny shape. Yeah. Is that the bone? That's what's left of it. Yeah. I uh I was riding and I saw a car just a car just pulled out of an intersection right in front of me. I went over top, broke my uh tibia and my fibia in twelve places between my ankle and my knee. So yeah, so I have a metal rod that runs through my uh whichever the big bone is, tibia. Femur? Fibula. No, the femur's up here. With two down here, whichever one it is, the one the other one they didn't fix it, it just kind of healed in a funny place. And then I had plates, um, you bone through the skin, all that shit. And, um, does that affect like you're trying to do like workouts? Um, not so much. I was playing hockey five months later after having all that surgery and everything. Jesus. Yeah, so my point is, is I just show up and 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 I just go, man, I can't stop myself, but yeah, no, I the, the only problem I really had from it was, um, the bottom of my foot hurt real bad, it's plantar fasciitis, where I guess everything shrank on the bottom of my foot and my Achilles, so I lost a little flexibility in There's it. There's a really, really good doctor that works. deals with plantar fasciitis, like the massaging yeah. technique. Yeah. And um, this one comedian, he got it from, his name's Burt Kreiser. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was talking about this guy, and there's a sign up on the thing that says, just look towards the light. And um, the dude would take his hands and press into like the heel. Oh. Dude, it, it, they said it's okay to scream. And he was just, he said he remembers just screaming, but afterwards he could walk again. He wore fucking flip flops. Like really? He could skip out of there. Like, I, I, I think once you push past a certain point of pain, like, it, 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 there's only good from there. Yeah. It might be like a road to hell to get there, yeah. but you know, once you perceive anything, you, it's anything's possible. It was a mess. I thought I was going to have to get it amputated because if anyone remembers the Joe Theismann in, incident yeah. uh, years ago, or Alex Smith had the exact same thing this year, and I'm like, yep. I feel that. I mean, the bone went through the skin. There's a hole where the bone was, went through. And um, 
I thought I was going to lose it. And these doctors are amazing. I had two surgeries and they fixed me up. But um, the plantar fasciitis is pretty much gone. That was like residual of all the, uh, just the being set in one position for so long. And then all the nerves are, were just mangled and blood vessels. Everything was just made. You probably I mean, do a shit ton of physical therapy too. I did a little bit and that was voluntarily. Um, but I, you know, it was just a mess. I could feel the ends of the bone clicking together when I would move, you know, when they were taking me to hospital. But, um. So the nerves are all tore up and just mangled. And um, my wife thinks it's funny. If, if you do anything to the bottom of my foot, it feels like electric shock going up my leg and in my skull. And she thinks it's hilarious. We're laying on the couch and she'll rake her fingernails up the bottom of my foot and watch me jump and laugh. And she thinks it's fucking funny. It's not fucking funny. Does it hurt? It, it's a weird <laughs> feeling. It doesn't hurt, but it's like one of the, it's very, it's a very it's weird, like a uncomfortable like, pain. Yeah. And, and she thinks it's hilarious, but you know. They got to find a way to torture us somehow. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, um. Uh, you know, I don't get injured too much, but if I do, I show up, man. Like today I was at work. I felt like I was hungover. I felt like this, I felt like garbage and I was just there doing my job, you know, because I, I don't know, I'm gonna feel like shit on the couch. I might as well feel shit at work. Yeah, and might still, as well get paid Yeah, for so, um, yeah, man. So yeah, the gym's cool. My wife's cool. We met, um, like I said, mutual friends started talking and then here's, I thought she was way out of my league. Like she would walk in a room and it's like, you remember that Rick James episode on Chappelle's show with the aura behind him and everything. Like I'd see this aura behind her and I was like, Oh my God. And I'd have to tell myself, dude, fucking lock your knees, get it together. She's coming in. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dork. Oh, right. Geez. And I'm like, all right, be cool. You know? And, um, next thing I know we start talking, I was blown away how into me she was. And of course I was into her and, um, She'd been married before. I'd been married before. We were blending families. And I said, you know what? We should get married one day. And um, I said, but if you want to get married, you should probably ask me. And uh, That's the way to do it, She dude. did. That's the way to do she it. She did. She did it in a very, 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 very public way. And um, one day, it's, uh, God, this is a whole other hour episode. One day, we had planned a trip to Key West. I'd never been. She's like, let's go to Key West. We'll go see my mom for a few days. We'll go to Key West. Hey, look, online here, it says that... Um, Key West is like one of the top five marriage destinations in the, in, 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 uh, in the country. You want to go get married while we're there? I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go. She's like, all right, cool. I'm like, all right, well, cool. I'm going to hockey. I had my stuff in my, my bag on my shoulder. I'm like, all right, well, I'll see you later. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're getting married. So yeah. So I didn't know Damn. it. Yeah. So, okay. So here's the story. I don't know. You probably got all night. I don't know, but here's the story. Okay. So going to visit her mom in Florida. She lives down in South Florida, and I'm a big hockey fan. I said, how close is she to the Florida Panthers ice rink? She's like, oh, it's like 20 minutes away. I said, let's you got go to married in the Florida ice rink. Oh, it's better. So I said, well, why don't we go to catch a hockey game while we're there? She goes, all right, that sounds cool. So we bought the tickets, and she's like, she's asking me, she's like, what size ring do you wear? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> she's like, well, go find out. And I'm dismissing it because I'm thinking, about, you know, I'm a million places, and I'm so she's like, hey, my mom wants to come to the hockey game, too. I'm like, all right, that's cool. And she goes, and, and my and my sister and her boyfriend want to come, too. They're going to drive all the way across Florida on Alligator Alley and come to this game with us. I'm like, all right, well, cool. And I'm thinking to myself, why is everybody interested in hockey all of a sudden with the fucking weird tattooed guy that's now dating their slash, you know, daughter slash sister? So um, we get there, and she's in a rush to get to the game. And I'm like, what's the damn rush, you know, and everything? And um. So they're getting ready to drop the puck, and she answers her phone. Her phone rings. She's answering it. She's kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, okay, uh-huh. And now she hangs up. I'm like, what are you, seriously, you're going to answer a phone call now? She's like, well, it was the, the hockey team. They want us to come do one of those um, 
if you've ever been to a hockey game in between periods, they do some kind of stupid promotion for yeah. one of the sponsors. Yeah. You have to walk around, run around the ice in sumo suits or whatever. Yeah. So she's like, we have to do this thing. We have to go down halfway between the, uh, uh, in the second period and go downstairs. I'm like, man, I'm not doing that. This is bullshit. I'm not missing half the second period to go do this. Tell them to find someone else. Like I've been to a thousand hockey games. Never in my life have I ever had to do this. Like, come on, man. So finally I agreed to it. I, she was sweating it out. I didn't know. She's so cool. She was sweating it out and not letting me know. And she says, all right. I said, all right, fine. It'll be a great story for my kids, one, our kids one day, yeah. our grandkids, whatever. So we go downstairs and I'm putting all of this stupid old hockey equipment. I'm like, this is just ridiculous, you know. So and they're like, all right, listen. You're going to hear the horn. You got to go out. You got to do the thing. You got to get the hell off the ice because I got to get Zambonis on. We got to move on. I'm like, 10-4. Let me get through this. Let me get back upstairs in my seat. And so we put these helmets on. We used to go out the ice on these bikes, these like big ass tricycles and throw pizza boxes out to all the different people on the ice and, and race around one end and come back down and cross the finish line. So, all right. I'll I would do, already be like, nah. nah I'm like, nah. come on, man. I'm like, all right. So um, I'll do anything for her, whatever. So we get on these bikes, we get zipping down the ice, and I'm letting her win. Like, I'll, I'll speed up, and I'll let her in. I'm chucking these pizza boxes out. And we go around a corner. I'm like, all right, don't wipe out going around a corner. Don't take her out. Let her win. So I speed up, and I let her catch up. And finally, we cross the finish line, and I'm like, cool. All right, done. Thank God. I'm out of here. And I get ready to walk off the ice, and I'm, like, hamming it up to the crowd. I'm like, yeah, you know, fucking right. And, and they're like, Todd, Todd, come back here. And I'm like, what? And she's standing there with the two Panthers, the big mascots, big head and all that shit. I'm like, what is going on? I thought we had to take a picture for the sponsor and hang out up in a pizza restaurant or whatever. So You like, really did not know what was going on. I had on. not a clue, dude. And this is how good she is, how crafty she is. She is so fucking crafty. She can pull off anything. So she's standing there and she hands me a pizza box. And I'm like, and then she gets down on one knee. Did and I took the pizza then? box and I open it up and there's a little pouch in it with a ring in it. And oh, the guy's man. like, Sally wants to know if you... And I wish I had my phone because you could watch the video. It was great. Sally wants to know if you'll marry her and the place goes nuts, you know. And then we walk off the ice and they're playing like, you know. That is, that's a, that's an awesome yeah. ass story, Yeah, dude. dude. I'm glad and You that... guys see the video. It's hilarious. But she's amazing. She can do anything and she can... Um... Imagine if you would have took her out while you were on the just like slammed into her, knocked her. Down. I know. I'm like, like do not kill out the way. Do not kill your future shit. wife. You know, do <laughs> not kill your future wife. The funny thing is, though, here's the irony of the whole thing. We knew that we were going to get married when we went down there. No one else did. We told like four people, like our closest friends. Our families didn't know. So wait, even the brother and sister and all that. Nobody that knew we were actually going to get married. Nobody knew we were going to get married. Everyone knew we were going to get engaged, but me. So it was like this big crisscross thing. So, yeah, so we get engaged, we spend a few days, and we're hanging out, and we're like, all right, well, we're off to Key West, so we rented this convertible, and we left her mom's house, and we headed down, and got married, came back, and we're like, oh, by the way, while we were in Key West, we got married. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck? So we called, we didn't even tell her kids, we called her kids from the dock, when we were getting ready to get on the boat, and we got back over, and they're like, what? Did yeah. Did you invite anybody? No, you know, we had both been that route with the big weddings and all that shit. So we were like, you know what, let's just go do this. Keep it you and me, basically. Yeah, and the funny thing was, is the the, red, the wedding package was arranged through the hotel we were staying at. And the funny thing is, we always say we got married on Tuesday because it was half price. They're like, we have Tuesday, it's half price. We're like, fucking right, man. So we always say, why do we get married on Tuesday? And she's like, because it was half price. Do you think that 
you did that because it was your second marriage, so it's a little bit less like the first one. Like the first one was always, it's got to be the most impactful, beautiful thing. Everything's got to be perfect. That's never how it happens. Yeah, I mean, it's not I a don't Cinderella know. Story, man. Yeah, you know, it is. Um, it's a big deal more for the woman than it is for the man. But um, you know, like I said, it was neither of our first marriages. And we were very impulsive, and we knew what we wanted, and we didn't want to have to go through all the hoopla and all that bullshit of picking napkin colors and all that stuff. Yeah. So we were like, let's just go do this, and we did. It was great. It was great. We got married on this tiny little private island outside of Key West, just right off Mallory Square, and um, it was hot as shit, and we did it. And um, we've been married almost six years now. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that was an amazing story. And the fact that you didn't know that that was all happening until, like, yeah. it, it was right down in front yeah. of you, basically. Until she was literally on one knee. Dude, yeah. I, I Like I said, it's on the next time I see you at the gym, I'll show you the video on the phone. It's hilarious. Yeah. She totally grabs my ass on the way off the ice, too. And, and on yeah. the jumbotron in front of everybody, man. Totally did. So everyone knows your chick's bad. Oh, my God, man. She's awesome. Yeah. She's so, awesome. it's crazy. You have such this, like... I guess passion kind of for sports, like the hockey thing. Like yep. even you were like, I don't want to go down and get married. I want to go up here and kind of play the game, even though you didn't know. But yeah, yeah. Dude, why didn't you pursue a thing in in hockey just because you got injured? It stopped you. Uh, well, I when I I went through a point in my life where I was, um, you know, I was doing, I was, uh, I was in a low spot in my life, man, and it got in the way of a lot of opportunities, and that could have been one of them. I don't know. I was never really big as a, you know, big and super athletically gifted, you know, the guys coming out of Canada playing, you know, or just on a whole other level, but, um, you know, it just wasn't an option for me. Um, I played, I coached for a little bit when I got out of um, high school. I coached a season, um, which was just, wow, that was an experience. I played men's league all the time. I played until, um, about three years ago, I played. I used to drive up to Harrington once a week. I played ice hockey yeah. once. I don't. I can't ice skate for shit. Yeah. So uh, you know, and I started playing. I was about five or six years old. So I'm talking thirty some years of hockey, and it's one of those things that just doesn't leave you. And I actually met a guy. I played. I ran into a guy I played with the other day at the at the store, and uh, he was man. He's been a little injured. He hasn't been showing up as much, and we just talked about how much we miss it, man. It just it's just in you. Once it's in you, it's just like you can't get it out. And um, it's been such a big part of my life. And there was, you know, like I said, I was going through a really bad spot. And if I didn't have to be at the ice rink three or four times a day a week, you know, and if I didn't have that place to be, God knows what I would have been getting into. But um, yeah, I love hockey. It was just always the, it was just always the constant. And this the second hockey season was done. Um, we packed everything up and we would come live down here for most of the summer. Until about 15 years ago, I'm like, I'm moving down there. You know what yeah. I mean? So this was like a second home, and now I live here. I've been living here about 15 years, so. If you don't mind me asking, you said you hit an all-time low. Yeah. What, what was that all about? Uh, you know, I was uh, drinking and carrying on. Um, not so much drugs. I uh, had a major, you know, I was really drinking a lot and then getting in trouble. And um, Were you just upset with where your life went? No, I it was more of just, I mean, it was just, I, I drank. I drank like a fucking fish all the time. From probably age 15 to probably age... 15? Yeah. Why 15? 15, 16. Well, I lived out in the sticks, so it's not like you could run around and find a bad kid to go goof off, thank God. If I lived closer to civilization... You know, I probably would have been a so whole lot earlier. You just drank because there was nothing else to do? Well, I just drank because just like... um I don't know. Like you, you, you go work out every day. My body tells yeah. me go drink every day. That's nuts. Man. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. 21, having even purchased legal alcohol. Right. Either. Like I just, I, right. I, I had a big impact with that as a like family thing happened. Right. You know, alcoholic in my family, right. and that just impacted me so hard to steer me away from it. Right. Like the certain kind of 
first interpretations of drugs and all that stuff. Like, I'm not against pot, but also I don't smoke it just because every time I've smoked it, I've gotten so baked I throw up or something. Yeah, like yeah. Know, the point where you have to go to sleep. Yeah. But, like, I, I, that's just, that, that's nuts because, I mean, it went through an all-time low, and I've experienced lows before, too. Like, damn, is this what really life is about? Like, just doing this shit every day? Like, especially with working out where I had to kind of hear people... And I just started realizing, like, at the, at my age, which is really hard for a lot of kids to see, that everyone's, I mean, got something interesting to say. Right. Everyone's interesting in their own little way, whether it's you think you are or not. You just are. And I, I, I want to hear everyone's tale. I want to hear your wife's tale. I want to hear everything. I want to hear the smallest details, everything about what, what, what is your passion, what wants to drive you forward. Because the reason I started my podcast was a friend who was on top of a roof drinking and he was about to jump, and he called me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I just right. talked him down after two hours. And he's right. like, dude, you give such good words of wisdom. I was like, no, I say a lot of shit. But it happens to be, some of that shit I say is something you want to write down. Right. Like, half the time when I'm podcasting with someone, they're like, dude, that's a really good saying. You guys, what, what was that again? I'm like, I don't even know. You got to go back and look, really look at yeah. it. Like, there's just certain things that you can do to affect somebody, whether it's just, you know, just giving, giving them a smile or, you know, patting them on the back and, like, it's where I, I really think like we need to focus more on that with our teachers. It's just, it's so important how you don't know how much you impact somebody's life, whether that like slight remark or even just holding the door open. And so, so many people in society today just don't give a shit about other people. It's really hard yeah. to see because, yeah. you know, I'm, I fall at fault with it myself, you know, caring more about myself sometimes than caring about others. But honestly, if we all really took time and just maybe helping out one another, I mean, a lot of shit would just fix itself. Well, I think, too, that normal day life for most people is just so busy and chaotic. You don't have time to sweat, you know, a conversation with somebody you don't know. I mean, yeah. we're so, and we're so narcissistic anymore. It's all about me Everybody's and my stuff. Everyone's constantly judging. Oh, like, yeah, oh, I he mean, has this. I don't have that. Oh, yeah. he has this. I need to have that. Oh, I have this. At least he doesn't have that. It's like, we're all wearing fucking masks, man. Yeah. I'm tired of it, dude. Yeah. Like I, I've said it a couple times on my podcast. We're all wearing a mask, walk around like this fake personality. Like you know that statistic about like people that get married and like a year after they get married, they end up getting a divorce yeah. because the person displays a whole nother personality than before they were married. Yep. Like you played this person for six years, and then I finally marry you, and you say this is the real you. Yeah. Like what yeah. do you mean? Like yeah. that? That's so horrible. Because if you're not real with anybody, I, I'm real with everything. If I, I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm going to tell you what I'm saying. You can choose to take any of my advice, and you can choose to run with it if you want. But right. I'm not going to tell you how to drive your own car. Your life is your car. Where the fuck are you going to take it? You know, you have steps. You have a passion for something. Um, you know, you work in the education system. But what drives you forward? Like what, what, what's something you, you've want to worked on that you just ended up giving up on because of other things taking hold? The funny thing is, is that, um, really we just touched on what really my life is, is that I used to just, I was a miserable, horrible, you know, awkward, horrible childhood and it had nothing to do with my family and my parents. I had great parents, great family. It was all inside me. And then I started drinking at like 15, 16 and it just skyrocketed until I was about, uh, I just turned 20. So I, myself, have never had a legal, I've never bought alcohol legally. I've never had a legal drink. I quit drinking when I was 20 years old. So 25 years later, I still haven't, you know, seen the need to take a drink. So that is my message really about the change in me from this awkward, um, 
just horrible, just this, you know, having a horrible childhood, not anything outside of me. It was all inside of me. And then coming and then having a successful career, um, lots of friends and family in my life that, you know, um, care about me very much and I care about them very much. And you mentioned too, like, um, just, you know, not talking to people and, 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 and avoiding people like, you know, me not going, there's this, you know, kid in the gym and he always has his hood up. Well, he must, you know, what's his deal? You know, well, he comes over and talks to me and find out he's a pretty good dude, Thanks. you know, and I'm not going to go, Jesus, what a fucking weirdo. He's got his hood up, man. I bet he's a big pothead, you know, but fucking, Hey man, what's his story? Everybody's got a story, man, you know, and you, and, 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 I do look like a bit of a stoner when I go to the Everybody's gym. got a story, man. Everybody's got a story and you want do you care to hear it, you know? So yeah. um so yeah, you know, my that that's that's my life is my um my um survival of alcoholism, my recovery, you know, all all the, everything else is spokes off of that wheel. You know, we talked about my job. We talked about my family. It's basically um, you're talking about being a better person. Well, than yeah, you, and it's, you were going to end up being. It's being able to show up to life now. Yeah. Because I'm not a, a fucking mess, you know. And everything spokes off of that one thing is that me staying on the right path, you know, and just living a day at a time. You know what I mean? All those things spoke off of that. Being able to show up and talk to some dude on on at his house on on a microphone and have a podcast, which is like a whole new awesome world to me. It's I was listening to one on the way here. I love podcasts; they're the best. Um, but it affords you opportunities to do things you never, um, you never would imagine. Like people are like, "What haven't you done?" I mean, I've done all kind. I've had all kinds of jobs. I've played music in bands back home. Um, I teach spin classes. Um, I surf. I've done all kinds of construction. I do all kinds of just random shit. I worked in radio for a little bit because I always go, "Hey, if I want to do that thing, I'm just going to go try it. I'm going to find a way to be able to do that thing, and I'm going to go do it." And I'm, a lot of stuff I do is self-taught because I just, I just see like, I go do it, man. You're taking life like a buffet line. You're I just taking a little piece of everything. People go to me sometimes like, "Damn, man, what haven't you done?" You know, and um, I just, you know, if there's something I want to try, I fucking go try it. You know, and um, so yeah, man, this is uh, this is cool, man. So and, and God bless you for being so young and having such a clear vision on what you want to do and the actual balls to go through with it, man. That's dude. That's let me tell cool. you, it's 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 difficult trying to schedule a lot of stuff out when you're dealing with kids my age because right. everyone's so flaky. But it's yeah. It's it's cool because, like, I just always want people to know, like, I, it's not me bugging you. It's just me telling you, like, hey, you know, I find you interesting whether you think you're not. And, you know, you could have been an asshole to me back in school. It doesn't matter. You're interesting. And, then, like, I have, I've had people come to me, see maybe a picture I put up of my abs on Instagram. You know, lighting's right. It's all good. It's oh, all I love them. great up. pictures, man. Dude, yeah, thank you. <laughs> But it's like you see, you I'll see, tell everybody they're mine. I'm like, yeah, check me out. Yeah, yeah, my... Photoshop. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but like it's the whole aspect that they, they come to me and they go, people that used to make fun of me for being overweight and saying, how do I get a six pack? Like I want, I need one. I need to get back into the gym again. And it's because when they dropped out of, or when they got out of school and they stopped doing sports, they started drinking a whole bunch when they got to college and they didn't take care of themselves. Right. And it's like, I'm more than willing to help you change, but. If you're not, I can't make you go to the gym and change. I can give you a routine that works for me, but it's not going to work for you. You know, I, you need to find your own path. That's why, like I say, I can't give you advice and do these types of thing. And then, you know, my one buddy's like, how the hell do you try and fit in school, taking six classes, going to work, and then working out for like two and a half hours, and then being able to podcast where do you find time to sleep? I'm like, I don't sleep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll have a day where if I'm off, I just crash all day. But it's a whole idea, like, 
I don't like feeling like I'm not doing something. I, I really like to be able to go and just constantly be able, like, I like getting up at four o'clock in the morning every morning. You don't like, sit still well, do you? I, I don't at yeah, all. Yeah, me neither. And yep. the, the only thing I found out that really burns out my energy is just constantly moving and constantly yep. doing something, going shopping, you know, vacuuming the house at four o'clock in the morning. Right. My mom's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. It's, it's just who, who I am. It's, I, I don't like feeling like I'm not doing something because every minute on this earth is something important. And right. a lot of people just want to sit and get comfortable. And I got comfortable for way too long, man. I got to the point where I had a routine. That's how my routine went. If you fucked with my routine, it wasn't happening. Nothing was going to stop it from happening. I work out at this time. It ends at this time. I get home and eat at this time. It happens at that time. Right. I get in my way. This is how things go. I, I fall on a schedule. And I, it's taken a lot for me to break out of that and become like able to be flexible with things like this. And it makes it difficult. And then also just... I guess where you kind of just figure out where to stop drinking, I took that with the education system gave up on me. I didn't have anybody looking into me like I had anything going. I had so many people looking down on me like you're going to be nothing in your life. My teacher once told me like all you're going to be doing is flipping burgers. I've had army recruiters say that to me. You know, I, was I never had a teacher say it to me. My dad told me I was going to have the best teeth on the roof. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Because I got braces. He's like, what the fuck for? And my dad's awesome. But God, you have to know him. So I'm sorry. It's fine. But it's it's it's, it's that, that. That's funny though. Your dad, like your dad's got yeah, a sense of yeah, humor. He's I like fucking, that. Yeah, God, he's a story. But it's it's just crazy because I have so many people like, you're not going to accomplish anything. Then me being the first one to go to college in my family. Right. And then being able to do these types of things. Right. Even more my family, my grandparents and stuff are like, you're not college material right. i'm sorry to tell you robbie you're just you're not <laughs> that's great though that you actually went because my family everyone went to college but me I, <laughs> that was the opposite but like the fact they they fucking like got me so pissed off to the point like they know that's how i work like, right i'll do the dishes and then someone will be like you did the dishes i'm like yeah and they're like like out of the kindness of my heart and they'll be like you didn't put them away i'm like i will fucking lick every plate and right. put it right back in your one is it's in front of me i'm gonna fucking do it kind of guy yeah i'm the same way too yeah like, you know, Robbie, don't touch that. Yeah. What? And just start leaning on Oh, you're like, one of those? Yeah. That's my nephew this week. He was elbowing me, a little bony fucking elbow in my arm. And I'm like, ow, man, quit it. He kept doing it. His mom was like, hey, knock it off. And he'd just be like, tap, 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 tap. I'm like, you little motherfucker. It's always pushing the barrier, Yeah, man. man, he's just that guy. But but God bless you for doing all you do. Staying. There's so many chances to be lethargic, and you see so many sedentary people. You can watch 480,000 cable channels. And have your phone in your hand, which is your window to the world. You could sit there for hours, and a lot of people do that, and they're unhealthy, man. And you know, so for you to be able to be like, man, what's next? I'm gonna go do something, but I'm not gonna be sitting around this house. That's that's good. These days, there's a whole lot of lethargy out there, and um, yeah, and good for you. That sucks because with society, like. It's bad for your health too. Yeah, by the way. I do. I, I get so pissed when people choose fast food all the time, and I'm yeah. like, it sucks because a mother of three trying to support a kid with two jobs, yeah, and you know, not having time to cook food for her kids yeah. and everything, just stops at McDonald's and just yeah. gets a big thing. Yeah, to the point where like, you know, McDonald's has some highly processed stuff. You, I mean, don't get me wrong. All the trips I used to take to Florida when I went to my grandparents' house when I was a little little kid, my mom used to stop after those long car trips, pick up me a happy meal. I got my toy and everything. It was the main thing I wanted, my chicken nuggets. Yo, but you start thinking about it. You eat that. The little kid eats that. They fall asleep right afterwards. They're getting such an amount of sugar food and processed food yeah. that they just go knocks them out. And that's why like parents do it sometimes too. Like this will get them to go to bed or something. Right. I just don't like how 
five bucks for a salad at McDonald's, and then it's a dollar for a cheeseburger. You shouldn't be if you're getting. I salad. wonder. I'm like, what's in that? Yeah. Did it tell me a dollar? You hear what they said with the meat, right? I don't want to know because I'm an animal person. Don't no, they it. they made like a a, a like a, a they made an organism. Like it looks like a cow, but it has like a, a softball sized head, a tube stuck in it, no legs, no arms. No, it's just a tail, and it's just bred for that. They just genetically modified and made this animal to be bred for meat. It's just meat. I'm like, how far? No way. No, Get I the fuck out. I swear to you, dude. You gotta look it up. It's I don't hard. want to. That would scar me. I'd have nightmares. And then like, you're you're thinking of that, and you're like, so they had this processed animal that was made like created in a lab, like genetically right. modified, because they do that with crops, and they they learn to do that with animals. Yeah. They learn to change certain uh, traits on you know. Cows injecting with hormones make them bigger, meatier, getting more pro- yeah, produce yeah, yeah. from them. I mean, it's stuff. crazy all this factory farming and the shit they put in our food, you know. And like when you're when you're looking at that stuff and then them being able to do that, it's like how far are we pushing the boundary to what we're going to start feeding to our public? Yeah. Like the FDA regulates our food very heavily, like everything from food, drugs, all that. But they're able to. There's a myth about getting the correct percentages on nutrition facts. They're allowed to be off by five percent. And that 5% can actually be very drastic. Like, being able to do that, and then companies like McDonald's, you're telling me they can't sweep a scandal under the... Yeah, the I don't know, man. Yeah, it's crazy. I, it makes it... Luckily, my wife, she eats very healthy, and I eat very healthy, and we, we have that. We eat a lot at home and make a lot of home-cooked stuff, or she does. She's an amazing cook. That's one of the few things in the world I'm terrible at. I suck at cooking, so she does most of that. But, yeah, I mean, I remember growing up, there was like four different restaurants, now it's like turn on the TV any night and count the restaurant and food commercials. See, like thirty for McDonald's uh, between a show. Yeah, I mean, but I will have McDonald's like once every two to three weeks. I will just go off the freaking Richter scale and eat like everything. What's your favorite thing? Fillet of fish. I don't eat. I, the only thing I eat is I don't eat land pescatarian. I only eat seafood. You only eat seafood. Yeah. So I used to be a full-on vegetarian, and a couple years ago, we were at a seafood restaurant in town for my uh, some family in town. And I was looking at a basket of shrimp, and I'm like, I'm gonna fucking eat one of those things. And this has been twenty some years. I hadn't eaten any meat, and I picked one up and ate it. And you should have seen the look on everyone's faces. And I start eating fish and stuff like that. So yeah. So long story short, I eat fillet of fish. I'll eat three of them and a large fry and a diet coke. Every couple of weeks, just because I just need to get that. Right there if you want one, oh, dude. I'm good now, but I'm just like, but I will just go. My wife is like, you spent sixteen fucking dollars at McDonald's. Like, how? Who? Who spends that much money at McDonald's? And I'll just plow through just because I need was that. A treat. Yeah, and I need that kind of. I have to. I have to eat like five thousand calories a day because I'm like you. I'm just so hyper, and my body just burn. I'm like a blast furnace. Dude, I got to the point where my, well, like I was doing going to the gym twice a day, but I was working out for two hours, doing an hour of cardio, then coming back again, and then doing two hours of cardio, and then go alone. I was burning 3,600 calories a day yeah. for six months. That's work, man. But I was only consuming 1,000. So I was eating like Jello and things of this st- stuff that like had high protein content, because apparently Food Lion Jello actually just had some tonight. Dude, I've been having that shit for seven years now. That is the best food for weight loss. A whole bag of it is yeah. 45 calories, yeah. 9 grams of protein. Yeah, all right. Dude, I didn't know what was in Jell-O. Do you know what's in gelatin? Um, gelatin is cow bones, horse bones. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling my buddy, I was like, dude, I think I'm a vegetarian. I just eat nothing but Jell-O and fruits and yeah, stuff. He goes, bone. no, you're eating uh, animal bones, yeah. bro. Gummy bears, all that shit. Marshmallows. Damn. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the the scandal is just like cornflakes. Like, no one knew they were prevented masturbation. Yeah. 
That's, yeah. some, that's some dark stuff, man. Yeah, until you felt how good it felt, and you're like, fuck it, I'll switch to Rice Krispies. Dude, I'll switch to Rice That was a great movie. We talked about that the other day. The Road to Wellville. That was a great movie. Yeah. It's, I just, I, I really, I really think that now that we're being, like, people are becoming more health conscious, being more, I guess, advocates to working out and kind of trying to change their lifestyle. Yeah. Like, it's, it's because we're, we're starting to, bullying's starting to get, kind of fade away a little bit. If you start to notice it, like, it, there's still stuff like being images and like people like, oh, this is what you should look like, but it's not seen as much anymore. Right. Like, back in the day, you used to see stuff like bodybuilder magazines all the time. You could have a body like this. And, like, yeah. seeing all those gym fit commercials on yeah. the TV and everything. You cannot have a body like that. You don't. But And now, like, that's being highlighted because, first of all, it's hitting people now. The nutrition aspect of everything. You're starting to see actors that used to have really tight six-packs, used to look amazing on the screen, starting to have a little bit of chub on them now. Well, it's also age catches up to you. Exactly. You know, like but you now, to. the only person that still looks good is Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. She's alright. She's alright. Yeah. She's alright. She's fucking hot. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like, you start seeing these people that are basically godlike in your eyes, and you start to realize they're just fucking people too. But you gotta remember though, the actors and all that shit. If you base yourself off of them, you're you're losing already because they spend eight hours in the day with these gazillion dollar trainers. That are meant to turn him into this character for and this also movie. Also, makeup, man. Right. I didn't know one of this. One of these dudes. I will admit, you know, Ryan Reynolds. He is a hot man, okay? I'm not, I'm not gay. I'm just saying he's right. a hot man. There's nothing wrong with that. He had a if cra- I could. He had a crap. Yeah, if I could. <laughs> and, <laughs> if I had three wishes. Did you hear that, guys? No. But he had makeup on his face, and yeah. I didn't know that. I thought that was his natural it's face. It's all smoking. He meters. looks completely different. And I'm like, wow. They and then like and a lot of like um Amityville horror he's ripped with that six pack. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. It's all smoking mirrors. It's man. all paint and stuff too. I'm like, yeah. damn. Like. You're you're playing such a false advocate to all these people saying you're like this fit sexiest man alive and people wanting to like killing themselves throwing up to get to that yeah. point and you know that's sad because but now everyone's seeing the smoke and mirrors oh, everyone's right. starting yeah. to see that and now people are becoming more health conscious about like I don't need to feel bad and eat like shit now I can actually eat healthy. And work to change myself. But I don't have to kill myself to do it. I don't have to be in the gym for hours and hours and hours and hours to try and get to these expectations when you can just work out for a couple hours a day. And just be sensible. Better. Well, it's yeah. also the discipline, too, of what you're eating. I mean, it, it, obesity epidemic in this country is getting just worse by the minute, it seems like. I mean, it's just crazy. And it's, a, and it's sad to me what people will feed themselves daily. You know, and I was lucky that I had a, um, parents that are, some of their values was just kind of, it was eating right, you know, and they were both in a medical profession. And um, so they saw the benefits of that and then also the, um, you know, the negatives of it, that, how it affected people. So that was always ingrained in us, not a lot of sodas, not a ton of sugar. Um, but I'm also blessed with it. Like I said, I'm like a blast furnace. So I could eat all day long and not gain a pound. But on the other hand, um, I don't gain muscle like nothing. Like, as much as you see me at the gym, you swear I'd be able to, like, pick up a fucking Volkswagen. Same here, man. And they, you're the same way. They call me Ant-Man because I can bench three times my weight. But, yeah. But, like, I, I can't put muscle on. I just somehow stay lean. So, if you see muscle on you, guys like you and me, you had to work your ass off for that. Damn right, dude. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's more of just a fitness thing. Just keeping your body tuned up. You know, if you think about it, back in the old, old days, you had to walk down to the creek to get water. And you had to go hunt for your food. And you had to walk. 
There was no hop in the car, call an Uber, any of that Send shit. Send freaking messages by pigeon and shit. Yeah, so now it's like we have to simulate all that hard work. Well, we go to this place at the end of the day after work, and we pick up heavy shit, and we walk on a treadmill, and we get on a bike, and we simulate all those activities. And that's what I do it for, man. I'm just trying to keep my body tuned up, man. You know yeah, you don't I mean? want to be 90 years old and not be able to function, be on a kidney dialysis machine. Yeah, man. Like that, you man. see people, man, just, you know, and they're just, they're just, and they're just hurting because they just don't take care yeah, of their they, body. They hit you know? 50 or something, and next thing you know, shit starts really, really falling yeah, apart so, like stuff you're like you're damn you ever seen someone that looks like 40 and they look like they're 80 years old yeah. like what the hell happened I mean, i'm in the you? best shape of my life so you, you know look like fucking brad, part of it's genetics though brad pitt and david you're hitler's perfect child am i a little bit blue, blue eyes <laughs> blonde hair man green they're green? green yeah it's hard to tell in this lighting yeah green freaking yeah, brad man. pitt's twin cousin i know man twin so, cousin you like that yeah well hey <laughs> i'll take whatever i can get man Cause trust me, like I said, growing up, I was just this. I was invisible to the opposite sex. I was just a awkward. I got fucking wedgied every day. This is when bullying was a thing, man. You know, it's like yeah, today it's a little bit different, but I different. think it's also in in another aspect. Like it's not the physical, but it's a hell of a little bit worse, just because. How social media? Oh, first it's of all, all cyberbullying now. But back then, it was like a rite of passage, you know. Uh, and it was like getting sent off to slaughter every day. Until one day, I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not going to school anymore. I'm tired of getting my ass kicked." So, but it's different now, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just with the with the cyberbullying stuff, that's just a whole nother mess. Yeah, like, that's where technology yeah. just kind of. I'm yeah. anti-social media. I don't do it at all. Yeah, if you're not on all, Facebook, Instagram, it's best to stay off it. I don't know what too a, many people complaining about shit. Yeah, I don't know what a hashtag is. I don't know what any of that shit is. So your story, man. Were you um, just real quick? I'm gonna switch interviews here. I'm gonna switch the table here. Go ahead. It's a conversation, so, bro. So you you were talking about your you know when you were heavier. Yeah. Yeah. How 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 heavy were you? I was probably the same weight I am now, but just a hell of a lot shorter. Right. I did hit a growth spurt where I slimmed out. Yeah. But when I picked up the gym uh, membership was. Okay, so it is it's kind of a sensitive subject, but around freshman year, I was kind of always a chunkier kid. I can actually um, show you a picture. So that's your story. Mm-hmm. Like mine was like, you know, all yeah. right, straighten out and going right. Yeah, okay. Well, like my whole thing, like I, I, I went to school, like when my dad signed me up for a gym membership on my birthday um, about my junior year of high school. And the reason why was he got my brother a gym membership my sophomore like his sophomore year um my brother was getting into wrestling my brother did not stick with it my brother ended up hopping out of that route and going down a whole nother route but like here's from like when the first time i started working out to like a couple of years ago i took a picture oh wow man there's it it it, it's slight changes and stuff like obviously fuller muscles and stuff like that but it's awesome you know, it's, it's, it's Check different. You out. That's me. That's the one finger salute to everybody. Yeah. It's like, I, it's like, I was, well, that happened because I got locked outside the gym out of my car. Oh, I did. I just do that to people. Like guys will drive by me at work in the van. I'm like, yeah, but that's just what we do. Yeah. It, it's just, I, I, when my dad signed me up, he was like, I'm going to do this for you. And my dad actually kept paying for my brother's powerhouse membership at long after he stopped going and he didn't know they were slightly charging him. Right. So he was like, I'm only going to pay for a month. You want to keep on going? You pay your $20 or whatever you have to do, and you keep on going, okay? I was like, okay. I ended up just going every single day, and then I ended up getting so addicted to it where, I mean, I got to the point where I was living off eating an apple a day. Jesus, I couldn't do that. I'd One apple. I mean, that was it. That was, that would sustain me. I would do that, an apple, and that was it. And it was weird. I, I still, My metabolism was still burning. Like I just immediately, I guess... When I started kind of hitting puberty a little bit and getting taller, I slimmed out and did all this type of stuff. But like, I was I was eating a whole bag of Doritos in one sitting, right. 
And then once I signed up for this gym membership, like I could live off an apple a day or I would just sit there, play video games, drink Mountain Dew and then eat a whole bag of Doritos. <laughs> Mountain Dew and video games. I could not do that now. I, I couldn't, my body would not be able to do that now. It would not process Doritos the same. But I have lost all taste for Doritos. I haven't had Doritos in almost seven years. Yeah. The reason why is the first two weeks I ran on that treadmill at the gym, I sweated nothing but spicy nacho Doritos. And let me tell that you was something. You? Dude, my skin was fucking orange, man. Uh. But like, alcohol too. I remember drinking Fireball. I drank a whole bottle, the giant bottles. of killed it by myself in one night. And I didn't realize, because I mean, I can drink very, very... Like, that shit stays with you. Yeah, I can drink like three bottles of Jaeger and not get drunk. I My brother does not know what it is. He's like, this is impossible. That's why it scares me and I don't dive into that. Right. Because I know I can drink a lot and it takes a lot to get me messed up. Right. And so when I did that, the, the, the Fireball, I, I knocked myself out while taking a piss, man. And I come back and I come to the gym the next day. I have never felt more like shit in my entire life. And I cannot smell cinnamon to this day. Oh, I'm sure, man. I'm Just sure. the smell of cinnamon, I immediately get sick to my stomach. And realizing, I'm, I'm, I'm making my life better by working out. Like it's, it's something where I was bullied and picked on for being 145 pounds at the age of like 12. I mean, I, I didn't... I guess some people say you're not fat. You're definitely chunky. Just, right. I, I was so short. Well, you had baby fat on you too. Yeah. You're a late bloomer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like my dad was always telling me, you're going to slim out. You're going to do all this stuff. And I ended up doing that. But at the same time, I got to the point where I was like eating, even eating half an apple my sophomore year. And I was just getting really, really like bone skinny. Like I looked, I was doing heroin or something. Right. To the point like eating half an apple was filling me up to the point where I felt like I had to go puke to get it out. Right. And eventually I was like, I got this because I can't even look at myself in the mirror anymore because I was picked on by kids calling me fat, calling me, like, starting names, like, creating profiles on the internet with my name and saying, is chubby or is fat. And, <sighs> Thank God and those, was before the internet. <laughs> those people message me now, and they're, some, they're people I thought were originally my friends. And then we all would pick on each other, but everyone was bigger than me, and I didn't see that. I, I mean, I saw, I knew that they were bigger than me, but when everyone gangs up on the smallest kid and I was a year behind those guys, it, it hurt my feelings really bad. Yeah. And I was going through a tough time with my parents separating. So someone cracked a joke like the reason why my parents were separating is so they could have food in one fridge for when I come over. It was separate so I didn't eat all the food in the house. Yeah. It was something stupid like that, but like... I, 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 these people that I, I was hanging out with every single night and they were coming over to my house sleeping over and doing this type of stuff were making fun of me like this. I'm like, I have no friends. Just right. came secluded and got real into the gym. That shit's all very hurtful too. And when you're a kid, you don't know you're doing it. You don't know the effect it's you're leaving on someone. But I mean, that shit's very hurtful. But um, I mean, you know, but there's also a healthy point to it. I mean, people, you know, there's of course eating disorders and all that stuff. Yeah. And if you, if you can be, I mean, responsible with your body and working out and all that, cool. And I mean, if you do what you got to do, but yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know. There's only one thing I know I can't still eat now besides burritos and Fireball and all that. But red meat, I've stuck so clean on fish. If I had red meat, I had it three days ago. I have not crapped. I haven't had red meat in. 27 years, 28 I, my, years. It's like uh, someone gave me the best explanation. Chuck said it was like, your body's a Corvette. You're throwing diesel right. fuel into that car now. And your car's not going to run right. Yeah. I, I can't eat that shit. I can't. It's just too heavy, too hard to process. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's not obviously for all people. You know, I know plenty of people that are 
jacked and they eat nothing oh, but people have steak like, and all yeah. that shit. I'm like, oh. It's just too heavy for me. I, I, I prefer fish. I yeah. just prefer it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. tuna, you know, everything. Salmon. Dude, I went off the wagon. And I'm, it was like every fucking shrimp in sight was mine. This is the summer of the shrimp, my wife says. We just ate shrimp every night. We'd steam why, it out in the grill. Why'd you go vegetarian? I got, you know, growing up, I never liked, I'd be like, I'd eat something. I'd be like, this would be really good except for the fucking meat in it. Why is this meat? And it's just the, was the worst part of everything until I got to the age where I'm like, all right, no more. That's it. And, um, I, and I might've done part about a rebellion, but I also did part of it. Cause I'm like, man, this meat is, I just couldn't stand anything really. There was a couple few very select things that I ate as a kid that were meat that I was like cool with, but the rest of it, I was like, ah, so I got to the age where I said no more. Then I got tired of eating quesadilla and pasta every time I went out somewhere. I got a little bored with veggie burgers and all that stuff. And one night I'm like, man, I'm going back on seafood. It's hard too because I, 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 I have a friend that's vegan and, you know, it's hard when, if we try and go out. I don't ever go out to eat. That's dedication. My stuff. But he goes and, like, he asks, like, how was the salad made? How was it prepped by? <sighs> and then he's got to dive all into that. I'm like, yeah. dude, just fucking order. Yeah, like, and I got tired of being a pain in the ass, too, because some places would be like, can you make this without the something, something? And like, just, it can't have a certain dressing, and then it's also like, if the meat, or if his salad is cooked by something that's next to a meat that was cooked at the same pan or something on accident, that yeah. you can't have that. I'm like, dude, I... I, I it gets I, I, me I an inconvenience, it. man. I get it, but it's like, shit, like, you know, you're trying to go out to eat and enjoy stuff with your family. Yeah. It's getting a little bit old. That's like black belt vegetarianism, man. That's like fucking hardcore. But, but, I mean, I'm I, I'm not against anybody for trying it. Like, I think as long as it's not bothering anybody and it's not, like, affecting anybody else's life and it's just for you, then go ahead and do it. That's it. If it's not if it's not hurting animals, old people, or children, fucking have at it. And it's not illegal and affecting my life and do whatever you got to do. You know what just, I mean? Just, you know, one of my favorite movies, you know, Big Lebowski. Oh, my God. I just like to abide. Yeah. I, dude, I, abides. I have my certificates from the University of Dudism. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a saint under the church of the Latter-day Dude. I got it established by... I went to Maryland <laughs> Courthouse, and I got it signed. $35 fee. I'm also an ordained minister under the Church of Bacon. Yes, the Church of Bacon. I can marry anybody under the Church of Bacon. And I just did that because, like, I haven't even received my high school... Di- I'm not high school diploma. My college diploma. My college... Uh, All right thing yet and i'm like where is it gonna come like it comes two months after you graduate i'm like it's been two months i still don't have it like so i just went there pissed off in a rage and started do, applying to all these fake religious websites and next thing you know i'm an ordained minister and all these different things by the power invested me and oscar meyer yes i pronounce you but it's like the whole idea like life is literally it's it's a joke oh, you're it's, fucking wild man it's I, love it. I i just have a <laughs> random thing but like that's the best thing like i tell people like the best thing you can ever say on how to describe me is he's just Robbie. And I love it because that's what everyone says. He's just Robbie. And everyone's like, what does that mean? You just got to meet him. Right. You can take the good and the bads. But right. he'll say something stupid, have you laughing 10 minutes down the road. Like, he'll be like, why did the fuck did he say that? And next thing you know, you're just thinking about it after a hard day. I'm like, yeah. I'm glad I can do that for somebody because being able to crack a smile, being able to get somebody on my podcast, and first of all, being to the point where, like, that's an interview and going like that. I'm like, no, man, because I went through hard shit in my life. I felt alone. I felt like there's no need to go on anymore. And then I realized there's other people that feel this way too. And I just started realizing we just take a step to start trying to be less sucky in life. Right. It's it's gonna it's gonna benefit all of us in the long run. It's gonna benefit a better whole of society. You know, the 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 best thing through history you see when people work together and how much they can accomplish and it sucks that it takes something so impactful as like a death 
or a giant tragic, like a terrorist event, like 9-11. Yeah. It, everybody was different after that happened for like two weeks. You get in a near-death experience, first of all. I have been in a near-death experience on a jet ski. I have changed my way of thinking for a couple weeks after it happened, but then I went back to my original ways, and it's hard to find the real... It's hard to feel like someone finally takes the sunglasses off of your eyes, and you're seeing the real world for what it is. You're enjoying the detail of, like, tables and things of this sort that certain people can pick up, and sometimes, it's you know, there's a certain thing, like someone that's deaf or blind has a better sense of everything around them and this type of thing. Like someone that's blind has a better sense of hearing. You know, their other perceptions increase. And then right. someone that's deaf or you lose another type of skill or type of sense of touch or something, it, it all goes towards another skill. Because there's no need to work towards that anymore if it doesn't work. And the, the fact, like, there's people that can see music, like, see it. Like, the, the physical notes and shit. Like, that stuff's a real thing, too. And, like, all these disorders, stuff that's so complicated with the human brain, that just fascinates me. Like, why do you work the way you work? Why do you like the way you like? And you telling me it's just a way of me being lazy as shit and deciding to pop in a documentary on Todd. Like, I don't don't like reading that much, even though I'm good at it. I just don't like doing it. It's just sitting still, reading a book, trying to get quiet. I'll end up walking around the house trying to do pull-ups while reading a book. Like, it's... I can't sit down, but being able to talk and motor mouth it, being able to kind of hop in and have these different thoughts, whether it's on, you know, my buddy's interested in government conspiracies. I do a spinoff of this podcast called Fill in the Blank. Mm -hmm. We focus on narrowed down topics. He was like, I'm interested in government conspiracies. I started pulling up everything I thought about government conspiracies, all this stuff like Alex Jones, main search. Actually, you know, I'm getting millions of these government things that have happened. Project Jedi, the one that was based off the movie Men Who Stare at Goats. That's a real thing. It happened in Fort oh, Bragg, yeah. Maryland, where yeah. they try and kill ghosts yeah. with their mind and shit. Yeah. All that stuff's real. I started coming out, and I became a human encyclopedia where I have a freaking textbook over there. Or no, a stack right here. Oh, this is just nothing but articles. Like, I got one right here. What is this? Uh, let's go with acting white. Apparently, that's a giant thing. It's a, like a oh, I do it every day. Yeah, pseudonym. Wait, why is Bill Cosby on here then? I don't know. But Lebensborn. This was a, a Nazi baby-making camp where they took babies and they would literally program them into the Nazi eugenics. I have a whole thousand articles on this stuff. And I just do it with friends, have them come over on a podcast. And I'm like, what do you know about Bigfoot? And they're like, what? And I'm like, and then the next thing you know, they sw- I sway the shit out of them. And I'm like, I'm not trying to sway you, but I'm the type of person, you tell me God is real. I'm going to go play devil's advocate and argue why. Because I want you to try and convince me. But then I'm, if you tell me God's fake... I'm going to fight, even though I'm not religious, I'm going to fight from the other side because I want to be that other side's voice. I want to, you know, maybe I just want to be a dick and right. maybe do that. But it's the whole idea, like, I, I, want, to, I, want, to, I want to get the, the debate going. I, right. want to, I want to hear it. And also, I'm, I'm fine with agreeing with what I agree with. I do not agree with Scientology. I don't care who you are. I'm sorry, that's the one religion I could not fall under. I could believe in pasta Have you been watching that show? What? Leah Remini, the Scientology show? Yeah, with JR. Have you seen it on Joe Rogan? No, I Sally and I watched the one on A and E. No, what channel is it? Whatever channel is it? Leah Remini and then the guy from Australia, uh, mm-hmm. Mike. Dude, fucking crazy. You got to hear the one with Joe Rogan and Leah Remini, and then yeah. he gets the um another dude, uh, Daniel Dan Burnside or something. Who's I'll like, look it up. His kids are in the Church of Scientology, and he hasn't talked to his kids in forty years. And he's like, I'm a great, yeah, I'm, it's like, crazy. I'm a grandparent now. That's a like, whole nother. Woo. But like, I, it's everyone's interested in something they're interested in. I'm just here to learn how 
you got there in the first place yeah. and what do you want to feel like you need to talk about or get off your chest whether you want to consider it a form of therapy to the point where you're not thinking about it being an interview anymore but just you're just having fun talking what what gets you to that point to get you there and also feel like you know what you're going to do later on in life like i've had so many friends and people message me i always message you maybe a couple of days after the podcast ends and i finally decide to put it up like after editing it and everything and then hearing your thoughts like did you have a fun time man and like yeah dude it was awesome that's all that matters Okay, don't worry about how many listeners it's going to get because someone's going to find it out there eventually. I just put it up on Spotify, so there you go. Now you have something and a whole other outlet to look on. I'm trying to expand it to keep it out there for everybody. Right. And, you know, I just had yesterday the singer from Ballyhoo on my podcast. That's cool. Howie Spangler. Yeah, it's man. Like, it, it was interesting because he does the same podcast, and you're hearing him live in this pop. Like, everyone looks at him as, like, this crazy, like, amazing performer. And he has the same thoughts I have. I'm listening to his podcast, and he's just like, people fucking suck. But it's like, you have an aspiration to be great. I'm like, he's fucking right. Like, I've been saying this shit for a year now. And, like, it's you're hearing these people that seem like god-like individuals to you. Like, either it's Johnny Depp or you're hearing, like, Joe Rogan for me. And it's like, you're hearing these people give off these opinions about life. And you're like, they think just like I do. And you yeah. start to realize, like, we're all the fucking same. You know, we all have amazing things that are different from other things, like other people, like that turn us into individual snowflakes. But we're all on the same wavelength. We all understand how the world works, but we choose to deny what we have to do to make it a better place. And I think if we all just took the time to do that, you're going to see so much more benefits, whether it's eating healthier, you know, better food choices, better education, better technology. It's just, we can, the only place to go from there is up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just, I appreciate you even taking the time out of your day. Oh, no, I'm, that's, I could do a whole nother hour or two, man. I mean, I, this, there's so much to talk about, man. What, what where do you end, you what, know? What, what do you want to, what do you feel like you want to get oh, off I'm not chest? saying we will, but I'm just I'm saying, saying, yeah. Well, that's you know, it's funny, um, I have, it's funny, it's one of those things, you, people stop reading, and I started reading again, and I only read, and I only read, and I only listen to podcasts and, and the shit that interests me. I don't have calories to burn on stuff that doesn't interest me or things that I'm like disagree with. There's so much of that in the world this day, these days, but like I listen to podcasts that really, that really, really, really interest me. And um, I just finished a book before I got here actually about um, Air Force PJs, the pararescue jumpers. No way. They're basically like Navy SEALs, but they rescue people. They're the Special Forces branch of the Air Force. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty fucking remarkable what these guys do. So I read a lot of stuff like that. You know, I don't read stories like, I don't read like Harry Potter shit, like Dude. fiction stuff. I read yeah. like. You read the biographies. Yeah. That's when I started doing with It's the... got to really interest me. Maynard James Keenan's biography. Yeah. From Tool. Yeah. Uh, Chip Gaines from fucking Fixer Upper. Like, whatever interests me. Have you read Slash's book? No, I have not. Dude, I'm going to let you borrow that book. Yeah, I'd read that. I'm serious. I have it, like, right there. Oh, I read Duff McKagan's book. Love fucking Duff McKagan. Slash's book is amazing. Him getting a pacemaker put in, like, purposely, like, voluntarily, because he wants to, if his heart ever stops, he just wakes back up. He doesn't (laughs) want to die. But, like... He's like, oh, fuck, where's my top hat, man? I gotta go play guitar. Exactly. (laughs) But, like... I, I, I want you to look up this one thing if you're into that paratroopers book. Look up um, Night Witches. 
It's actually, I probably have the article around here somewhere. But I got the next book in the queue. I just got it in the mail the other day. So, yeah, I'll have to put that one on the list. Night Witch is about uh, the Russian forces special um, agents of, that was nothing filled with women. And they used to fight the Nazis. It's like Red Sparrow, like that movie that just came out. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But they fought in crop-dusting airplanes. The oh, ones right. that weren't fit for war purposes, carrying bombs and dropping them off. And they called them Night Witches because the sounds they would make in the middle of the night. They used to fly at midnight. In Russia, right. in the wintertime, right. open airplane, Ugh. barely wearing clothes that fit. They had to adjust and make their own clothing to fit. Right. They were just killing so many Nazis and making them just like... just it's like Inglorious Bastards. It sounds like the sequel to Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, like it's it's nuts, dude. And like you start hearing this stuff, you're like, why haven't I heard about this before? Yeah. It's like it's not part of our history, right. though. Cause well, because everyone follows that stream of shit that comes down the pike every day on yeah. TV or whatever. Whatever pops up on whatever social media. Mean news world feed. syndrome, that's a real thing. That's yeah. the, the idea that media is playing all the bad parts about life, making you more scared that you want to stay in your home. Oh my God, if I listen to the news every day, I wouldn't leave the house, man. I'm like, I can't watch that anymore. Man. That's actually why um, it's 90% of older people are afraid and get worse work. Warped views on society. Oh, yeah, that's all they do is sit home and watch Drew Carey in the news all day. Exactly. Yeah. But if you go to a nursing home, um, they have the TV volume usually on silent, and it's, they're watching like Jeopardy or something. Yep. That's because they're the TV's set to that channel to keep them off the news because they don't want to scare yeah, the living daylights out of them even news. more. My wife watches the news all the time. I'm like, ugh. Too much negative stuff. I can't, man. I can't. When I mean, you only get a slanted opinion of the news on the what news. What happened to AFV being on the TV? Oh, we watch AFV like it's fucking nothing in my house. We watch it all the time. That's the best, man. That's the best. That ridiculousness. I like ridiculousness. My son I loves, mean. he's 10, and he just laughs his ass off it's people doing stupid stuff on video Tosh.0 was my favorite one yeah, yeah. that was a little too much for a little guy but yeah. Uh, but yeah we love like video shows just simple stupid funny stuff man family just, just like you, you yeah. know those experiences like you have with your family when yeah. someone does something stupid you wish you had a recorder well when I when I was a kid we only had like two channels you know what I mean we had like three or four channels now we watch you know oh another one we watch is uh, Family Feud with Steve Harvey oh yeah that's the best it's like we just sit down and watch that and giggle and act stupid you mm. know it's just it's just great man it's well, moments you bond with your family that you're gonna you're gonna remember yeah yeah and so yeah reading man i've been reading i i go on we go on vacation we're fortunate enough we get to go on vacation often so i take a book with me every time read all kinds of stuff stuff that's like inspiring and true it's not a bunch of nonsense and um yeah man reading's good you forget about reading and you forget about writing these days this is funny because we type everything now yeah When's the last time you wrote, like, really wrote anything? Dude, I can't write cursive. And the reason why is they stopped teaching it when I was in school. They stopped teaching it halfway through. And I don't know how, I can read some of it, but I don't know how to write cursive. But I write block now. I write all uppercase. I always have since I worked for a surveying company. That's how everything was written. I picked that up. But if you don't write for a while, go ahead and pick up a pen and try and write something. You're like, it's like, it's like my hands, like, it's not working right. Yeah, it's like. I don't so, know how to do this. No, it's crazy, man. So, like, you got to force yourself to read and write sometimes. And that's why I read, to keep my mind, keep it kind of tuned up, man. You got to keep yourself on your toes, too, yeah, man. Like, yeah. working out helps with that especially. But also, like, you don't want to lose, like, you start watching too much TV and you start trying to, like, be able to read words again. It's like, oh, whoa. Dude, I can't, the TV, man. After a while, I feel like I'm like, ah. Like, your brain just feels fried. Like, like you know how it gets in the winter down here. Yeah, dude. It's, it's some of those dead. days on the weekend, do. man. You got to just want to stay in the house. Ah. 
Like I'm praying for days like today where I could just go outside all day. And then again, it's in the summertime like this, and you can't even move down Ocean City anymore. And you're just yeah. like, all right, what happened to winter when everyone is How here? How about that? Fourth of July weekend in Ocean City, Maryland, man. Did I work tomorrow at a hotel? Let me tell you something. Do I you? tell you if they're parking on the street. I said, look, if I have to park five streets down like I had to do during the air show, I might be showing up to work. Yeah, yeah. That ain't happening. Because walking to my car back and forth like six streets down. Take your skateboard. It's freaking nuts. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's um, I'm off for a few days, so I'm lucky, man. But yeah, it's it's um, it's all happening. It's time to blow up people's mailboxes and do uh, whatever happened to all that good stuff, man. You know, I, I did that. Oh my god. Well, I like like I said, man, I appreciate you doing the podcast, dude. And I don't mean to hold you up anymore. No, you're right. I mean, I I could do this for hours, man. You've you've really like just in first of all, it showed me like what people are just willing to do to help someone else out. Because you came and you did my podcast out of the drop of a hat, man. You were like, I'm free Wednesday night. You want to do it Wednesday night? And I said, sure. I totally 100 percent thought you were gonna bail. And I then, thought you were gonna bail. I was like, oh, this cat's not gonna text me back. No, dude. I'm I was 100 percent. I schedule these out and I I make sure like if I give you a day, I plan nothing but this to happen i make sure that you're the only thing i have nothing booked after this i have nothing because i want i don't want to be man. restricted man yeah. and i i really really enjoy that you were able to share with me first of all just some of the stories you've had through your like years around yeah. just it's 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 a really good experience and it gave me a little bit more information i definitely want to have you on again i'd you know? love to man no worries. I, dude i can't thank you enough man and anybody that wants to know what Brad Pitt looks like look up this guy because I swear he looks just like him. Like they're all going to show at the gym tomorrow and be like this fucking guy lies look at this guy man he don't look like a Brad Pitt I tell you they're going to be <laughs> well, like too said, kind man I wish my wife felt the same way maybe she does I don't know you're her Brad Pitt yeah. I do she freaking bent down in an ice rink on her knees and yeah. a pizza box and yeah. you're being a dick about going yeah. down there and being losing the hockey game I'm like I, know. I can understand that though because yeah. putting all that gear and doing all that shit I'll be like, I'm not that I was like, man, I always wanted to be on a professional ice rink, and uh, but this isn't what I had in mind, man. man come I don't on, want to be throwing boxes. At no, people. my wife and my wife is so hot, so I'm always next to her. I'm like, I'm the fucking they, people must look at us and go, what is she doing with that guy, man? Because my wife's just like, she's awesome. So yeah, so we have a great life together, man, and we have a lot of fun, and um, yeah, man. Yeah, it's just all good. Keep up the good vibes, dude. Because I mean, you you just play an amazing person. I mean, already you've been been impactful in my life, and especially just probably if someone that's going to hear this out there is just going to be like, wow, it's like it's crazy to think that you know some people go through some shit and still be able to right. kind of pursue through life a little bit, man. You've given me some words of wisdom, and like I said, I appreciate you having on, and we'll get you on again soon. I guess this is the part, too, where you go, hey, uh, what are your social media things, but I don't have any, so you can't find me, so we'll just say thank Bam. you. Bam! <laughs> no tour dates showing no up. Tour Y'all dates. are missing out. You can find me on Facebook, Nowhere, Instagram, me, nope, so. Sorry. Thank you, Robbie. Appreciate it, man. No problem. It's been a blast.